Hey, everybody, this is Melissa McKenzie, the American Spectator publisher. Joined with me again is Scott McKay, who is contributing editor here. And also, I'd like to report that, and you're hearing it this first, this first here, this is breaking news, that CNN has changed its bias to be conservative. And <laughs> we have right. with us Exhibit A, the person who has been the recipient of all of CNN's change of heart. Um, Scott, can you tell uh, all of our readers, listeners, everything for the American Spectator, what is actually going on? Well, we, uh, from now on, you're going to have to refer to me as best-selling author, Scott. Okay. Because I am actually that. a best-selling author. I was not. Prior to uh, uh, the weekend, um, but what happened was this. So, um, as you guys, if if you're a frequent uh, you know viewer of this podcast, uh, you know that Mike Johnson and I have been friends for more than a decade. Um, and you know, long before he got into politics, long before he was a member of Congress, and certainly long before he became Speaker of the House, Mike and I have been buddies. And so uh, when I wrote the Revivalist Manifesto a year and a half ago, um, I got Mike to write the forward for the book. And of course, he wrote the forward for the book because it's about big things he agrees with, right? Like there's, you know, the, uh, this current political era that we're in is going to is dying out and there will be a new era. And it's either going to be the hard left or what I call revivalist conservatives who are going to uh, dominate the next era. Um, and then the book kind of goes through you know the lay of the land and like what needs to happen going forward all of which is like mike's stuff to a t so sure he writes the forward now as is my want i say things all the time that are calibrated to make woke lefties absolutely insane okay so when i say for example that pete Buttigieg is obnoxiously gay um, that is just absolutely unfathomable for someone to say. And I do say it in the Revivalist Manifesto. So along comes uh, somebody named Andrew Kaczynski, who used to be one of these idiot reporters at BuzzFeed, but has now moved on to be an idiot reporter at CNN doing BuzzFeed things. Um, and, uh, you know, they decided to, you know, like, Let's have one more attack on Mike Johnson. And this one was that he wrote the foreword to a racist and homophobic book which contains conspiracy theories, right? Like, so this was their whole thing. Um, and it was such a colossal swing and a miss because it was clear they didn't actually read the book. Instead, what they did was like a keyword sort search um, through the book. And, you know, they so in other words, they found a reference to Pizzagate, because the book talks about Pizzagate, along with all of these other things that happened in 2016, like the Hillary Clinton email scandal and the Uranium One thing and the DNC's emails getting hacked and all this other stuff, which made people grossed out about Hillary Clinton and the Democrats, and they didn't want to vote for it. Pizzagate was just one of those things. And the fact that it was never really satisfactorily explained why there would be all these weird references to pizza and ice cream in John Podesta's emails, like the book says, you know, 
this was a net negative for the Democrats in the 2016 election. I never like endorsed it. I just said, you know, this was a problem for them because lots of people actually, you know, saw something in this that they that grossed them out and they didn't want to vote for Hillary. And I had a bunch of other things that were kind of ancillary conversations around these big themes that are in the book. Wait, um, wait, so Chad. they pick up on, yeah. Well, I'm just thinking, this is what also got Elon Musk in trouble re referencing this because the guy who's affiliated with all this just got put in jail for having a huge cache of child porn, yeah. by the way. Guy's so name is, yeah, guy's name is Slade Somer and he's the editor in chief of a Democrat website called The Recount. And if you mm -hmm. if you've ever watched the the circus, which is I think Showtime's political series that they have, mm -hmm. um, the big Democrat on there is a guy named John Heileman. Well, the recount is like his website, mm -hmm. and Somer is the guy that manages it for him, who's also a big buddy of John Podesta, mm -hmm. and is like without a doubt pedo. Okay, like the guy's definitely a pedo. Yeah. And so this is so like this the last is not, two weeks. Like, so it's yeah, really so this is weird. not theoretical, is what I'm saying. Is that this? Yeah, what, I mean, like, this put it this way: there's so theory. much smoke there. Right. Yeah. No, there's so much smoke there that, frankly, if I was a Democrat of any stripe, media or otherwise, I would never mention PizzaGate at all. Like, mm -hmm. at all. Definitely not to try to say, "Oh, you believe in PizzaGate, so you're a poopy head." No, you're going to lose that argument because there's so much crap out there that makes your side look bad. You should just not talk about it ever. Andrew Kaczynski's not smart enough to not talk about pizza games. So he throws this out there as like the first thing. Anyway, mm -hmm. the whole, like, it's like a review of the book by somebody who hasn't read the book, but it's it's styled as a hit piece on Mike Johnson. So anyway, and I don't want to belabor the whole thing. There's a whole bunch of garbage in this deal that tries to make the book into something that it's totally not. But, <laughs> you know, like when I read this thing, I'm just like, damn, I can't write marketing copy this week. Mm -hmm. And I was right because the CNN piece came out on Friday. By Saturday, the Revivalist Manifesto was number one on Amazon's comparative politics chart and it stayed there for the next three days um as of this recording it's tuesday afternoon last time i looked at it it was still in the top four um in comparative politics and then you know like the publisher is just ecstatic right now right. Um, and the publisher of the new book which by the way i have in hot little hands let me see let's see the racism revenge and ruin it's all obama which is like recently out and available and you can pick it up at amazon barnes and noble and all the other places um, oh by so the those... way scott wait i sold one of those for you this weekend mm -hmm. yeah i had one of one of our readers said what was the name of scott's book again and i sent him the amazon link so he bought it well done well done mm -hmm. melissa mm -hmm. your check's in the mail Thank um you. yeah so uh so anyway like you know these guys are like well, wait a minute, Scott's, they're, they're building Scott's brand. And so uh, uh, Gray Delaney at Calamo Books, who's like a scholar and a gentleman, goes and puts out this email blast to everybody on their list, basically just 
taking a huge dump on CNN and Andrew Kaczynski. They've smeared our guy and he didn't do anything. And he wrote this great book about Obama and they're screen, they're smearing him and us. And, you know, like, so that started to sell a bunch of books, uh, uh, rate of uh, racism, revenge and ruin. Anyway. So like I'm writing books, they're taking off and I'm like on a cloud and I, really have the legacy corporate media idiots to thank for this. You know, like, and I'm just, I'm like, this is great. Now, did they say mean things about me? Absolutely. But the mm -hmm. lesson here, and hopefully yeah. people actually take it, is that you only get canceled if you allow yourself to be canceled. Mm -hmm. So Thursday, when this clown sends me an email, uh, mm -hmm. it's, we're going to write this this uh, uh, article at CNN about what a poopy head you are and why Mike Johnson's a poopy head because he wrote the forward to your poopy head book. My mm -hmm. response to him was, well, here, let me send you a link to where they can buy a signed copy of the Revivalist Manifest. Mm -hmm. And his response was, oh, thanks for getting back to us. And I was like, no, really? Here's that link and here's the Amazon link. And while we're at it, uh, I've got a new book out, and here's the Amazon link to that. And if you wouldn't mind helping me sell that while you're helping me sell Revivalist Manifesto, mm -hmm. I'd really appreciate it. You know, and of course, he didn't respond to that. Um, but when the book went to number one, I took a screenshot of it, sent it to him and said, dude, next time you're in Louisiana, hit me up. I'll take you to dinner. You've made me a lot of money. I appreciate it. So, well, you yeah. know, the thing is, is I hope that your reaction and I, I hope that Johnson uh, understands it himself, like for his future career, you know, how he's handling the media, because this enough I think is Mike enough. Gets it. Yeah. yeah. So it I think be, Mike gets it. I'm not so convinced about, you know, the staff. Well, sure. This is going to make the staff nervous, but like. I was just watching a um, podcast with Jordan Peterson and Matt Rife, the young comedian, Matt Rife, yeah. which is so interesting because Matt was uh, a week and a half ago, he made some joke at a show of, uh, 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 at the expense of women. Um, and it was funny. And uh, they tried to cancel him for it. And so right. what he did was he put uh made a website that got um helmets for retarded kids. And uh so the link for people like to the apology video, like he's like, mm -hmm. you know, if you want to hear my apology, you can go to this link and and um at the link were helmets for retarded kids for the people who needed them. <laughs> so <laughs> So he was just like, no. And so turn then, that volume up a little turn bit. Turn the volume up. And then he went and then he's going on Jordan Peterson's podcast. And uh Peterson asked him why. And he said, I've always admired you. You stick to your principles and you believe in free speech. And um, so he's he's like this young guy, and I noticed this. There's like a, a gap. You've got the millennials who right are the ones who are driving, they're the, you know, evil spawn of the boomers who are driving this kind of um, uh, woke bull crap. But the, the younger, uh, huh? The cancel culture crowd. Yeah. The cancel culture, all that stuff. But the younger people, like the kids, my kids age are 
not having yeah. it at all. Yeah, they don't they don't buy any of that. They crap. don't buy any of that. And so you have this comedian who is popular amongst all these young people. And mm-hmm. he's just like, no. And right. if everybody would just stop and say no and refuse to be canceled. But the problem is, is you've got like, um, and not in your case, this is a good thing for you. But you have publishers who are like, you're going to have, you have to apologize. Or you have your PR people, or you have right. your agent in, in uh, Hollywood saying you have to apologize. But I think that like, we've seen bigger people like um, Dave Chappelle and some of these other guys who are like, even Ricky Gervais, who's a, like, you know, vegetarian tree hugger atheist, um, right. is refusing. And they're all Gen Xers. It's interesting. The Gen yeah. Xers are like, no, I'm Gen X, you're Gen X. And then our kids are like, no. But it's yeah. funny. You've got the boomers and then you have the millennials who are all tied up in this. And and the boomers are running the government right now, you know, Biden mm-hmm. and all the rest of them. And, mm-hmm. and then you have, um, there's just not that many of us Gen Xers. And yeah. so well, like- I- we're squished in this generation, but if we all just said, no, this would stop. Well, and I, I think there's a generational piece to this. I think there's also a, um, uh, well, it, you know, people who are, I guess, practiced or schooled in the art of PR, mm-hmm. right. Are of this mindset that, Oh, you've got to minimize whatever negative attention that you get. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do so much damage when they try and, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, we have to manage this crisis. And it's like, no, you lean in, right? I mean, or, you know, oh, are and- you wrong? And well, no, I'm not wrong. And it's like, okay, if you're not wrong, then fight for yourself. Well, right? here's and the fight thing, for though, the things Scott, that you believe in. I, I've done actual PR for people and I have had clients, PR clients. And there are times when the answer is to say nothing just to yeah. let this just to let sure. the storm pass so like uh, i can't remember carrie underwood went through and said something i can't remember what the controversy was it was stupid she just said nothing yeah. by two weeks later it was gone yeah, people forgot all about it people forgot all about it she didn't <laughs> emphasize as, it. as evidence you can't remember what it was right no i can't remember i didn't care I, for me though like this kind of stuff doesn't matter like i don't give a crap like i don't even right. care about the joke that matt rife said i haven't heard it i don't know what it is all i know is that speech should be free and he should be able to say a joke that he wants to even if it's a bad joke that's his right. choice I can choose whether or not to listen to it. This is my problem and my beef on all of the social media platforms. You got a problem? I just block people. I don't understand. If I don't want to hear someone's stupid mouth, I just don't listen. Why is this even a thing? I don't get it. Well, um, you know, so I had had a couple of... um... Uh, visceral reactions like emails I got and, mm. and Facebook direct messages and so on and so mm-hmm. forth on Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you know, they were in, so you're a scumbag. And, well, you know, yeah. so like, you know, my, my response to that is, you know, I, I send the guy back. It was like, name me one person who cares what you think. 
like, give me contact information so that I can verify that. And then I screenshotted that email and put it up on Facebook. And of course, <laughs> you know, hundreds of people liked it. Everybody's laughing, you know, because it's like, you know, I, anyway, the, the, the point is, is like, um, I don't care about the opinions of these troglodytes who have nothing better to do than go try mm -hmm. to start an online fight with somebody they don't know over something they don't know about, right? right. Like they, mm -hmm. none of these people read the book. It's like, oh, if Andrew Kaczynski says you're a poopy head, you must be a poopy head. And the right. answer is you're a poopy head. How about that? I just called you a poopy head. Like who cares, right? This whole right. thing goes away. These people don't have the courage to stay in and fight with any of this stuff. All of the people that were calling me nasty names on Twitter, mm -hmm. I went and I put the Amazon link to the Revivalist Mesta, uh, uh, Manifesto as mm -hmm. a reply. Right. And I'm like, thanks for the marketing opportunity. Here's here's what people here's what you're talking about. And I, I would have thought I would have started a war with every single probably 400 different posts that I did this on. Mm -hmm. Nobody said anything. Nobody right. said anything. And the reason they didn't say anything is because it was like, oh, man, I like this, like I can't win with this guy because he he sees this as a marketing opportunity. And the more fighting I do with him, the worse it's gonna get. And so, like for people that actually have resources, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, this is just me doing this. I don't have a staff, I don't have some consultant that I'm working with. People who actually have resources, um, and yet run for the hills on controversies like this is so mm -hmm. stupid. Like to me, yeah. it's like, no, you lean in, especially if you believe in what you're doing. Okay. You lean in because they don't know what to do with you if you don't run away. Um, so and they you know, also and are, this... like the, you're also fighting with people who haven't read your book. Like I, 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 back in chiropractic college, I had this argument with this lib guy. I mean, like smelly lib guy, like B.O. lib guy. And he he was a friend, but, you know, don't drive in a car with him because he, he was so rank, you know. Anyway, I'm like literal, like bad. So he, we were- What you're this, saying is he didn't smell good. He, oh, anyway. So <laughs> he was um, a huge Howard Stern fan. Well, uh, um, of course yeah, he was. of course. And, um, but I've listened to Howard Stern. When I lived in New York, I listened to him because his show was on like in the mornings or something. And then I'd listen while I was studying and listen to Rush Limbaugh in the afternoon because I was that person uh, at my ripe old age of, you know, 20 something. He, you know, I listened to Rush almost from the beginning of when he started. Um, and I lived out in California and he was out in Scrappy Minnow. But anyway, um, so Jonathan and I, where are you now, Jonathan? I won't say his last name, but had this argument and he was saying, Rush Limbaugh is a racist, Rush Limbaugh is this, that, and the other. And my only question to him was, I was like, you know, I've listened to Howard Stern a lot. I know what his show is like. I know what his shtick is. Have you ever listened to Rush? Well, why would I listen to a racist? I was like, well, how do you know? Right. Uh, that yeah, he's somebody racist. told you that somebody you told it. you so you're taking right. the words of other people and i was like that's not very intellectual and oh my gosh he because he's fancied of himself oh, of course he's a, a very superior intellect to be mm -hmm. a leftist right, right. and so only the smartest people believe in all the leftist stuff that doesn't work 
Right, exactly. So like when you see like these man on the street interviews that some of the conservative orgs do and like they're interviewing like pro Hamas people. Well, they're like, well, Hamas didn't rape people. Well, I have pictures right here. Right. Uh, Oh, so when the the thing (laughs) is, is that like you see the the, this kind of view and then they're presented with this evidence and then they have to defend something. I mean, so yeah. often, and I have to give, um, some of our politicians are pretty good with that. Um, yeah. and, and, but not enough, not enough right. are, uh, aggressive uh, uh, enough. I thought Kevin McCarthy actually did a fairly good job of on the fly dealing. Look, with McCarthy was definitely not the worst. No, he's not right? the worst. Like McCarthy, McCarthy was like he didn't just run for the hills when he got attacked. Right, and I, I will give him credit that that was. I'll give strength. him credit for that. Now, as far as the policy and stuff and rolling over for the left, mm. that was his. Yeah, he, he, right. But and, and I it hope was, that, it was a lot more hat than cattle when it right. came to Kevin. But at least he had the hat. He at least he had um, the hat. I mean, a lot of Republicans don't even have that. But I will say, yeah. on an individual basis, that going um, Socratic with a lefty will always end them. End them. You ask a question and then make them answer. Oh, really? That's interesting. Why do you believe that? Oh, do you have evidence for that? Oh, when did that happen? Oh, you know, you have to be eating an apple when you do it. (laughs) (laughs) You must eat apples like Pierre (laughs) Poilier. That's 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 now a requirement that you have to sit there and munch on an apple. Yeah. Why do you believe that? You're, you're pulling a complete esoteric reference out of your butt right there. Okay. So. Well, didn't we talk? But we uh, talked about. Didn't we talk about the Pierre Polyev thing two or three podcasts ago? Maybe. I thought I, we I did. Mean, uh, you and and, and if you guys don't know what we're talking about, we'll ha- we'll we'll definitely put the video in the link to this thing. Um, uh, we'll put the video link underneath. Because if you haven't actually seen the uh, the uh, the the video of Pierre Polyev is the conservative who's running against um, Fidelito Trudeau up in Canada, uh, and he gets asked, uh, and it's a video thing. This this you know left wing reporter is like in his face asking him, "Well, you're kind of like the Trumpy guy then, right?" And he oh, says, right. "Well, why do you believe mm-hmm. that?" Yeah. And then, you know, he doesn't have an answer to that, but then he comes back with another question just like it. Meanwhile, Polyev is just sitting here munching on an apple, totally dismissive of this guy. Like, yeah, I never really, I never really said that. That's not really true. What else you got? Mm-hmm. And then, like, it's like, it was like one of the greatest, like, brush off interviews in the history of media relations. Um, and, and I mean, it went viral all over the world like the, the thing just completely blew up and it was because like everybody who's ever been in that scenario just mm-hmm. looked like, that's it that's how you handle a guy like that like you right. show no respect no deference they lead with stupid questions like that um monday there was a or i guess no i take it back we're recording this on tuesday it was this morning uh, i think molly hemingway had it there was maybe it was 
uh, a piece at the Federalist, and it was about James Langford, uh, who's a senator from Oklahoma, uh, goes on uh, George Stephanopoulos's stupid show on ABC mm-hmm. Sunday morning the and catches a question, and it was, you know, so you're supporting a guy who's been indicted in four different places, who did this, who did that, who led an insurrection on January 6th, like the whole like mm-hmm. gamut of left-wing idiot attacks or whatever. Right. And Langford just like froze. Well, well I, I certainly don't support those things, right? And Molly Hemingway, nihilism. The Republican Party needs much tougher and smarter people than right. like. Um, and she's exactly right, because that was a total failure. What should have happened was that Langford should have just, you know, uh, run his fleet freak flag up the flagpole and said, OK, I'm going to I'm going to hammer this guy so bad that they turn my mic off. Right. Well, and just go thing. off on George Stephanopoulos. Like, let me tell you what a piece of crap you are and just annihilate the guy right then and there. And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, I know the standard is, well, Langford doesn't want to do that because he's uniparty and he wants to stay in good graces. I get it. It doesn't matter You're why. you Oklahoma, he, though. There's no excuse. I know. I know. There's no so excuse. it could be just incompetence rather it's than. Point is, Molly is right. You have to go over the top of these people. You have to be much more fierce and aggressive back them down um and like you know make it so you, you know they realize they can't beat you because you are as fierce and ruthless in pursuing your agenda as they are in pursuing theirs because the one thing that you will find over and over and over again as you deal with people on the left is that they do not like fair fights they like they like rigged fights they get in any kind of situation where they're up against somebody who's got the same amount of firepower as they do, and they run for the hills, and they wait for a time when you don't have as much firepower as they do, and that's when they come at you. And well, so, Scott, if you wait a minute, them, let's yeah, ta- let's talk about this very specific thing because this exact situation happened to me on Sky News Live on, in Australia. Okay. okay. The exact questions that right. Langford got, I got. So I do PR. I did. Right. Now I'm working for the American Spectator, obviously. But before that, I did PR. So how do you handle a situation like this? What could Langford have done? So the guy at um, Sky News says the same thing to me. I know that we're going to be talking about these lawsuits. And mm-hmm. I know it's going to come up. Right. You have to be prepared. And if Langsford right. staff doesn't have a whole arsenal of answers for this, they're falling down. But he himself, this isn't tough. So the right. guy in Sky News goes, let's talk about these lawsuits. Don't you think this is disqualifying? Right. I was like, he's innocent. Right. And he's like, all of them, all of the lawsuits, lawsuits, every single one. It's like every single one is on flimsy legal theory. We can go by one by one if you'd like. Let's start with New York. And then I explain that. He moved from the topic so quickly because what he didn't want is for (laughs) the Australian people to hear how every single lawsuit 
was in fact a railroad on right. Flynn's illegal theory and baloney. And so right. if Lagsburg could have used that as an opportunity and then oh, said, totally I support the American people. If the American people want Donald Trump and he is the one who's nominated by the base of our party and that's who the Republicans want, of course I'm going to support him because I support the American people and I believe in democracy. And that's yeah. how you answer it. And then they say, well, yeah. that's not, uh, and why? And then if you really want to get nasty, you go back at Stephanopoulos and say, why do you want to subvert democracy by undermining the will of the people? The will, the people picked Donald Trump in 2016, unless you think that that uh, election was false. And I would be curious to hear that and then put them right back on the hot seat. And since he did get elected, why did right. all of, do you think it's okay that all the agencies of the government and the media tried to undermine the duly elected president of the United States right straight out of the gate? And so, yes, I am going to support the American people right. because I believe in our republic, I believe in democracy, and I believe in Americans. Fuck you. And you can bleep that out. <laughs> but I mean, that is how you handle it. This is not difficult. And anyone, yes. any politician yes. on the right, exactly right who is dealing with this should know how to handle it. It's not difficult. So that's yeah. my that's my answer. So well, for all I, the, maybe we should. Look, this is something. We can clip, take this well, clip this is something and send that, it to Congress. Well, we could take that clip and just send it to Congress. You want to know how to answer this? This is how you answer it. Right. It's not right. that hard. Well, and, you know, my, like, I blame this on the Bushes. Because for the, whatever, 25, 30 years that Bush Republicanism was the standard in this country. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, this is, what you got was this mealy mouth you know, clay-footed, tongue-tied answers to you know, uncomfortable questions. Because it was not that way before the Bushes came along. When Ronald Reagan was the top of the party, okay, you knew, like the Sam Donaldsons of the world, okay, those guys knew that they were taking their, their professional life in their hands asking Reagan a nasty question, right? Right. Um, I mean, there's that famous deal when Donaldson's like, Mr. President, the budget deficit is blah, 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 blah. You know, what what uh, responsibility do you take for this uh, terrible thing that's happening on your watch? Reagan says, I take a pretty good amount of responsibility because for a lot of my life, I was a Democrat. You know, and it was just one of those deals where, you know, he's pinning the, pinning the thing on the Democrats, but he's doing it in a self-deprecating way. Right. And Donaldson threw his hands up because he knew he'd got, he knew he was beaten. Right. Right. And ABC didn't put that up in their newscast, but everybody else in the press gaggle had it. And the video got out. And then, you know, it's to this day, it's all over the internet. Mm. So like the whole point was like, you didn't want to ask Reagan these questions because he was going to tear you apart. He would do right. it with a smile. Right. Mm -hmm. So there was like that was that was back in the day when the GOP was pretty good at media relations. And then you had the no, Bushes. Well, Ray, but the thing is, is Reagan was special. He understood the media in a way that 
And Donald Trump actually understands the media. And what Donald Trump understands of why he's so hostile all the time is he knows that they're hostile. So he's matching the tone with the tone. And they don't like it because they're used to Democrats being, you know, you know, bitch slapping everybody around, but they're not used to a Republican doing it. And the other Republicans are so wussy that they're not used to ever being strong. They're all betas. Well, and and this is what I'm getting at, is that Reagan's success with the media, which was certainly the product of of him being a, you know, an actor and a media guy his own. Right. Um, But that should have been the template. Mm-hmm. You know, but come 1989, when Bush 41 and his crowd came in, I mean, they practically excommunicated Reagan and all of his people from the upper right. levels of the party and government or whatever. And everything Reagan was kind of put off to the side. Right. And this was one of the things that went into the attic was knowing how to how to use the media to your own benefit rather than you know, to get abused by them. And it like, you know, and it got so bad that you like Bush's second term was a textbook in how awful somebody could be when it comes to the media. He literally let them eviscerate him Mm -hmm. daily. And there was no pushback whatsoever. I mean, it was absolutely unbelievable how defenseless they were. Yeah. In the face of, you know, I mean, look, look, you're, you started a war. You shouldn't have started. It's not going well. So, yeah, you're going to get something. But, like, the Bush administration never once said every one of those Democrats who are all over our ass and screaming about how, you know, no blood for oil and Bush lied mm-hmm. us in a war and all that. Mm-hmm. Every one of those people saw all the same intel we did, and they were all for this war. Don't you dare run away from the train. You've been on the train from the very beginning. That's what it should have been, is you can say all you want about us, and you can be mad at us, and you can, we're going to try to get through this the best we can. But do not let those people over there run away from this and then pretend that they were opposed to it all along, because that's a lie. And the only reason they're doing this now is not because they care about the country, but because they want to tear me down. That's what Bush should have gone out saying. If well, he if it, the thing he is, had some support on his own side, which he didn't at the end. No, well, the thing is, is that he didn't. Even his surrogates didn't say anything. So the week after that, he got out of office. The week after, there was an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal by Karl Rove, defending the Iraq actions, and I messaged Rove on Twitter and said. Where was this two years ago? You let your boss get actually railroaded by these jerks. And the fact is, is that the weapons of mass destruction were there. They were just carted off to Syria, into the desert. We saw the the trains of this stuff. So the thing is, is like I was ambivalent about going into Iraq. You know, like I wasn't sure. The thing that actually moved me into the realm of, well, maybe this is a thing, is when Hillary Clinton was so vociferous about doing it. And I was like, well, if the Democrats are seeing the intel, because we're not, the American people aren't seeing it, so I don't know who to believe. I thought this was, you know, Bush going in and trying to finish daddy's business. And that made me nervous from a psychological perspective. 
I think it's a big element of that. Ultimately. Right. Well, and so, but you know, it was the Democrats who were convincing people like me, well, that maybe there, this is a thing. Maybe this is something we should do. Anyway, right. the point being overall is that stop being babies if you're a Republican and start looking into the teeth of the beast and fighting it. And yep. it's, or just ignoring it. The thing is, is that Mike Johnson, if I were advising him about your book thing, I'd just say, don't say anything. Yep. Scott McKay's a friend. I'm they proud of his book. They didn't, they didn't say much. I mean, I, you know, the statement they put out was, wow, there are things in the book that the speaker disagrees with, but he wrote the forward because he's a friend and he agrees generally. With the book. Eh, okay, eh. fine. I would have liked to have seen a little more leaning in, but whatever. I mean, from my standpoint, this thing worked out great. And, you know, right. I, I mean, I'm fanning this as much as I possibly can because there's a couple reasons. Number one, it's entertaining, mm -hmm. right? And I think the people that are more entertaining are the ones that win all of these fights. Because right. at the end of the day, like our mindset as Americans is that we're looking for entertainment, right? Right. People, generally speaking, the reason people care about politics is that it's a hobby and it's an entertainment, right? Like, that's why you get people who are political junkies. If they don't care as much about the country as, as you would hope they would, they'd say they do. But really, politics is is a form of entertainment for lots of folks, mm -hmm. okay? And um, so be more entertaining than the other guy. And then the other thing is, it's straight up law of the jungle. You better show you're meaner. You better show you're tougher because if not, you're either predator or prey. And if they mark you as prey, they will come and eat. Well, the interesting thing is um, that- is And that, we probably spent 15 years dealing with them. Well, the Republicans do really well uh, being predators of their own. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, they're, they're vicious. You know, Bush was vicious to McCain. McCain Ooh. was vicious in the, the primaries. They, what, but a complete lamb when it came to dealing with Barack Obama. They are, right. in, they will not take I mean, this Mitt fight. Romney was the same thing, for sure. And Mitt Romney was the same thing. And it's just annoying. Use, yeah. stop firing on each other. This is why the whole uh, DeSantis, Trump thing, all of the surrogates going after each other, and a, a lot of them are all just paid surrogates, you know, fighting against each other. So it's a right. bunch of, you know, self-interest running around, uh, dressed up as moralizing. But I find it yeah. just annoying that, yeah. you know, we're going to be in a big fight this year. And the structural problems have not changed. We have a, a Joe Biden who is on the, the Republicans have records of him taking payoffs through from his son directly from China. This is yeah, he absolutely. he has he's absolutely corrupt. He he and the uh, the whole administration is sold out. They we are being in right now. Iran is attacking Americans. There've been You're like all well, not just in Iraq, but in the um, what's the water right there next to it? Um, oh, the Red Sea. And so we are being and the Persian Gulf, yeah. And the Persian Gulf, we're being fired on. Our our boats are getting uh, hit. 
with mortar. And mm -hmm. what is the Department of Defense and the Biden administration has completely hamstrung the American response to this and saying, no, we're not going to fight it. And why is that, people? Hmm. Could it yeah, possibly right. be? Could it possibly be that the money that the Biden administration and Joe Biden specifically and his family specifically has taken has changed how they're interacting with our international foes because of personal payoff? The problem is, is we don't know the answer to that question. And well, but more specifically, we don't know that it's false. Well, exactly. We can't right? be like you say, oh, false. that can't be true. And it's like, no, it absolutely can be true because we know right. all the terrible places that that uh, these people have taken money from. Right. With no discernible um, consideration in return. Right. right. So to this day, you know, I mean, if you want to if you want to shut somebody's conversation down. You know, listen to one of these lefties talk about how, you know, you guys are trying to railroad Biden or whatever. And your response is, fine. What product or service did the Biden family provide to these people in return for these millions of dollars? Right. What was it? Cars? Was it widgets? Did they sell insurance policies to them? Exactly what was it that these guys uh, from China and Ukraine and Romania and all of these other places. What did they get from the Bidens? Because right. you or me go and do a deal with the Chinese Communist Party and we say, hey, I want a million dollars. They're going to say, well, we want a million dollars worth of stuff. That's how it works. If you're, you know, you're a leftist, you may not understand how commerce works, which is why you're a leftist. But for everyone else, if you want to get a million dollars, you better have a million dollars worth of stuff that you're willing to sell. So everybody but the Bidens, that's how it works. And with them, they just take the money. I just got paid from these guys. Right. I didn't do anything. It's like, well, no, nobody gives you money for nothing right. unless they expect something either past, present, or future in return. So I what is got, that? Right. I just found and they 34 carat diamonds that, that or whatever. All together, nothing to say. Right. You know, $5 million diamond? Hmm. Just because it was a present. So, I mean, we've got all of these, you know, various um, payoffs and uh, nothing in the media. The media is completely... I, I'll, I'm going to re reference everybody back to a piece that I wrote. I called it Blue Dress Proof. It was about Bill Clinton and how the media acts completely ignorant unless there's blue dress proof. They, you know, there was all kinds of witnesses and things about Bill Clinton's bad behavior. But until there was actual semen on a dress that could be tested genetically to proven that it is, uh, you know, Bill Clinton, the media wouldn't believe it. Now, the faintest thing, you know, we have the, the accusation of the P. Hooker tape, which, you know, Trump is such a germaphobe, it's just laughable on the face of it. And everybody believes the slimmest, least supported thing ever. That is how this media is. And they're protecting an old, decrepit, piece of crap, sold out guy. 
Um, it's sad. Oh, speaking of, uh, Liz Cheney is yep. has decided to help Joe Biden win the presidency because she's such a patriot and such a conservative. Um, by she's uh, talking about entering the race to keep um, Trump from winning. Now, I don't know. She's such an unlikable character. She will win in Virginia with the Northern Virginia Republicans. But I don't know, you know, like Evan McMullen did well there. Remember that? I think that's that's just one of the funniest things ever is that Evan McMullen, um, you know, won there. But um, so she'll win that crew. But will she do any damage anywhere else? Well, I don't think that there's I don't think that there's an electoral vote that Liz Cheney can take away from Donald Trump. Like, I just don't see it. I think she's probably more of a she's probably more of a drag on Biden. Than Who, what Biden voters going to vote for? Liz I don't Cheney. know of any Trump voters. That would vote. For well, Liz I mean, I don't know. I, 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 you know, I mean, I, what she might do is she might split up some of the RFK junior vote. Um, you know, I, I mean, I like, but what we're really talking about here is we're talking about less than a half a percent. Of the vote. Mm -hmm. You know, Liz Cheney ran for reelection in 22. Mm -hmm. She got 44,000 votes. In Wyoming. I don't know, $5 million. I think Liz Cheney will get practically nothing um, if she even goes through and, uh, and does this, which I I somewhat doubt. It's yeah, I this is a grift. This is this is about raising money and and um you know and and keeping somebody, you know, keeping relevant so that you can either sell a book or do, you know, some sort of thing. Um and uh you know, and benefit yourself. I mean, you know, it's a PR campaign rather than a political campaign. Yeah. Do you make anything of the polling that says that if Trump was convicted of something that it's going to change a lot of votes? Do you believe that? Uh, I think it, I think it probably doesn't help him, but on the other hand, uh, that assumes a lot. I mean, we're going to have these trials and things are going to come out at these trials. Like if he gets convicted in D.C., for example, a, um, you know, a kangaroo court, mm -hmm. like I don't think that hurts him, mm -hmm. right? I think if people know, like they can see it with their own eyes that he's getting railroaded, mm -hmm. then I, I think it's it the, pol the political effect of that gets completely neutralized. Um, because... You know, the people who are still persuadable between Trump and Biden will look at this and they will see it as being um, evidence of abuse as much by Biden as uh, as by Trump, if that makes any sense. Um, and so I like I don't I don't assume it. I don't think it's a plus, but I don't assume that it costs him many votes than he would otherwise get. I mean, the thing about Bi Trump and Biden is everything's already baked into the cake with these two guys. Yeah. You know, and it really is more of a turnout election than anything else. Hmm. You know, which is going back to 
racism, revenge, and ruin, one of the things that the book talks about is the transformation of our elections from, you know, contests to determine the public will to ballot harvesting competitions, mm -hmm. right? And yep. you're not trying to persuade anybody anymore. It's just all about turning out your base in larger numbers than the other side turns theirs. And gathering enough um, false gathering enough votes um, to, you know, at three o'clock in the morning, switch out all the machines off in five states and bring in truckloads of uh, the necessary, right. count up how much you actually need and find them. Right. You know, win honest if you can. And if not, then win dishonest. But either way, you got to win. And right. it's it's disgusting and it's it's uh, it's depressing. But you have to understand that this is the way things are if you want mm -hmm. to uh, be able to deal with it successfully and hopefully roll it back. Yeah. All right. Let's talk too many on our side are just not. Invested. Well, they don't want to, you know, you know, the, 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 the thing on Twitter is, do you, do you know what time it is? You know, there, there is an element of right. that, you know, know what time it is and where we're at. Now, before we go, I would just like to point out that I am wearing a Texas Longhorns shirt. Hook them. Uh, and uh, <laughs> look at Scott's face. This cracks me up. You look like you're going to throw up in your mouth. I'm kind of enjoying that. A no. little bit. No, because because I know if I start in on my stuff, then you're gonna react like violently. <laughs> which is that you get a playoff spot for your team and it's mm -hmm. gonna end badly. And I get the Heisman and Bolitnikoff award. Oh okay. So, hey, go. by the way, Scott, do you happen to know anyone who's like box seats over in uh Louisiana so that when I come over there for the game I can I can watch it in style. Uh, okay. That's a no. That's a no. He's gonna. Okay. That's anyway. A, that's a, that's yeah. A no. That's enough. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening today. Uh, we're very excited about the football playoffs. Everybody but Scott is, and I'm enjoying myself. Um, for once. Hey, for me, this is a great year. I'm from Michigan. Michigan has probably, in my opinion, the best team. We'll see. And UT is doing awesome, too, which I'm thrilled about because I've got a kid there and I'm paying big money to have him there. So, you know, it's a nice year for me. I, I, I my, my hope is that the final game is Michigan versus UT. That's my hope. Wouldn't that be great? Okay. Okay. Anyway, I think it's going to be Alabama and Washington, but you know, we'll see what happens. No way. Yeah. I, I want to put. And, I, and I don't like Alabama. Alabama. I hate Alabama. I, I like. I want them to get beat, but Alabama is going to win it all. No, they are. And not. everybody got so mad about Florida State not getting in and Alabama getting in, but Alabama is going to end up winning the national championship. No, this happened. Oh. Look, this happened a dozen years ago. LSU went to Alabama, beat them. Okay, was number one in the country, had far and away the best season of anybody. Mm -hmm. um, and the kid from Oklahoma State misses an easy field goal against Iowa State in like a trash game when they'd already won the Big 12. And because of that missed field goal, LSU didn't get to play Oklahoma State, who they would have beaten the hell out of. And instead, they had to play a rematch against Alabama, and we got embarrassed. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's going to happen 
all over again is that Alabama gets in in front of Florida State. They're going to run through Michigan. And if they catch Texas, they're going to embarrass them because I can tell you, you do not beat Alabama twice in one season. You just don't do it. It's impossible to do. They so. are going to hit, they are going to run into a buzzsaw of Michigan. Oh my goodness. I can't believe you believe this. We need to put a wager on this. Yeah, they're going to they're beat the hell out of you. Michigan doesn't have enough offense. And Michigan has not played a mobile quarterback like North. Mm. And it's not going to go well. Okay. Do you really want to bet me on this? I At do. the beginning of the season, you were all jacked up about what a great job Deion Sanders was doing at Colorado. Well, the thing is, he did that... do a great job. I mean, huh? he, did... he went I mean... four and eight. But... He went four and eight, and half the transfer portal is his kids streaming out of the program. Oh. Including supposedly his own son who plays quarterback. It's a disaster over there. Okay. It's a disaster. They well, okay. they lost eight of their last nine games. They lost right. eight of their last nine games. Okay, that's you're fine. You're right about that. You're wrong about this. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is that Alabama. I I'll give you this. Coaching matters in these games. Coaching is everything. So who are the best coaches still in? Alabama, uh, UT, Saban or Harbaugh. Yeah. You know, saving yeah. Harbaugh. Right. But, again, Michigan can't go out and score 50 points in a game. They just can't. They haven't done it all year. Um, mm -hmm. That's number one. And number two, Michigan's defense has not played a mobile quarterback like what Alabama has all year. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, the mobile quarterback who can take off running, you know, mm -hmm. and run for 30, 40 yards down the field and completely change the – the field or, or or score or whatever mm -hmm. um that is the hardest thing in all football to defend mm -hmm. you know especially if that guy is not just a mobile quarterback if he can also sit in the pocket and complete passes i mean this yeah. is the reason Jaden daniels is going to win the heisman is because he brings that true dual like he's a devastating dual threat mm -hmm. and uh you know jalen milrow early in the season like particularly when texas beat alabama mm-hmm didn't have it going on, but in the last three or four games of the year, played as good as anybody. Right. Um, and so I like I don't know if Michigan has the defense. Uh, like their defense has not played anything like that. Right. And I just don't. I don't like. I think it's liable enough. And remember, you know, Michigan was in the same position last year. I mean, they weren't number one, but you know, I mean, they played the TCU, and it's like okay, well, you know, Michigan's. Going to the championship against Georgia because it's TCU, and they couldn't even beat TCU. They got they got outscored by TCU, who has nothing like the talent that Alabama has. So, you make a, a compelling you make a compelling argument, McKay. I still would like to uh, do a wager. All right. So, so I don't know. Is it just a beer? What's your favorite beer? All right, we'll do a wager on beer. Mm -hmm. You can send me Shiner, and I will send you your choice of either uh, a Bita. A Bita. You want a Bita? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. I'll like bet you a. I'll bet you a, a case of uh, a Bita Amber against a case of Shiner. All right. No, no, not Shiner. 
not Shiner because oh. uh, Rolling Shiner's Rock. Good. You want Rolling Rock? What do you want? No, no. I want Texas Spear. I want Lawnmower. Oh, okay. It's good. Lawnmower is awesome. It what is was awesome. It? Saint, uh, what is it? Saint, uh, Saint Arnold. Saint, Saint, Saint Arnold, Arnold Brewery mm -hmm. in Houston makes yep. Lawnmower, which is a phenomenal, phenomenal beer. beer. I love it. It's my summer so, beer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Abita Amber versus Lawnmower on whether Alabama wins a national championship. And how are we gonna? How are we going to, um, you know, trade this beer? We're gonna have to meet somewhere. I think we need to have a podcast in person at some point. Well, we probably should. We'll have we'll have to do um, a post national championship podcast at like. Low Bearish Casino in Lake Charles, Louisiana, which okay. is sort of like halfway between. Halfway. <laughs> well, I'll go to the casino and meet up with you, and uh, maybe we could play some Texas Hold'em. Something like that. Yeah, we can. We'll fit. We'll figure that out. That'll be uh, late January or early. Late January. Fit. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening to us. Um, talk scrap here at the end <laughs> and uh, you, we have witnesses now to this wager so there's there's uh, no getting out of it and um, thank you all for listening we'll see you next week um, on the spectacle podcast thank you Scott and best of luck with the rest of your book sales remember yes ma'am Amazon everything else racism Ooh, revenge and ruin Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And the Revivalist Manifesto. Yeah, that too. That's it. the that's the book that made me a bestseller. Thanks to CNN. Thanks to CNN, guys. Thanks to CNN. All right. Well, that we'll see you next week. Bye, all. <laughs>